Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Because we got the alternative energy on nuclear free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome. I'm AC and you're listening to The Radioactive Show. We're the affiliate show for ACE Nuclear Free Collective at Friends of the Earth and the show is produced at 3CR in Fitzroy, Melbourne on the traditional lands of the Rwandri people of the Kulin Nation and it's broadcast across the stolen continent through the Community Radio Network. On today's show, I'm sharing an interview with Ralph Hutchinson, coordinator of the Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance from Knoxville, Tennessee. Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance, or OREPA, works to oppose the Y-12 nuclear weapons facility at Oak Ridge through the use of non-violent direct action and grassroots organising. Radioactive show producer K.A. met with Ralph while in the U.S. in May to record this interview. She starts by asking him what OREPA does. Can you tell us a little bit about what OREPA is currently doing? Uh, Sure. So... Uh, as you said, ARIPA, that's what we call the Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance. Uh, we're about um, 28 years old this year as a grassroots organization in Tennessee. And the primary thing that we do is try to stop nuclear weapons production uh, in Oak Ridge. Okay. Do you have an annual event that happens? We do. Um, we have several things that we over the years, we've just come to do these things on a regular basis, and probably the central one is uh, on Hiroshima Day, August 6th. We gather out at the weapons plant uh, in the morning before dawn, and we have a names and remembrance ceremony, and we read the names of victims of the Hiroshima bombing. Uh, we also read some first-hand accounts and some poetry written by survivors, uh, and then at 8.15 in the morning... We have a long moment of silence, and then we have drumming and chanting from the Buddhists. Um, On some years, like this year, August 6th falls on a weekend, so on the the day before, on Saturday, we'll have a march and a rally. Uh, At the public park, we'll have a concert for a piece, and then we will walk over um, a little bit under two miles over the nuclear weapons plant, and we'll do some kind of a demonstration there. Oftentimes, we tie peace cranes on the fence. so that's we know that much about what's going to happen this August 5th, and then we'll make more plans as we get closer. Mm. And there's been a lot of people over the years there has arrested? Been. Yeah. yeah we, it's been a place where we did civil disobedience over the years. In fact, the very first event that Arepa did in 1988 was a Hiroshima Day demonstration, and five people were arrested, and that was the first time there had been civil disobedience arrests in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Uh, for most of the the Y-12 facility was the very first uh, facility built as part of the Manhattan Project to build the atomic bomb and the highly enriched uranium that was the fuel for Little Boy, the bomb that destroyed Hiroshima, was produced at Y-12. So it goes right back to the 1940s um, but the community basically, I mean it it started out as a secret city and they kept a low profile and so there were very few ever public demonstrations or really any public discussion about nuclear weapons production until ARIPA came along. 
um, uh, there were some Quakers who had done a few small personal things before that, but 1988 marked the first large demonstration and five people were arrested at the gates there. Mm. And so today, what under the current government that you've got there, Trump administration, what has happened since he's been in? Well, um, things are not going to change very much for us, I don't think, under the Trump administration, because I'm very sorry to say that support for nuclear weapons production in this country and funding increases year after year has been a bipartisan thing. Um, Republican administrations, Democratic, Bill Clinton, on through Bush and Barack Obama, uh, every year the budget goes up. Now, it might go up more. Uh, Trump has only announced his the outlines of his what he called the skinny budget because it doesn't have the, all the numbers aren't fleshed out. But in that skinny budget, he cuts our social programs and our environmental programs dramatically. You know, twenty twenty five percent, thirty percent. The military Department of Defense got a ten percent increase, and only one federal agency got a bigger increase, and that was nuclear weapons. Mm. Um, got eleven point three percent increase. Um, mm. So. That's a clear signal that Trump not only intends to continue on the course that's, that you know we've followed for years, but he's accelerating uh, the modernization of the nuclear weapons complex. A big chunk of that money will be devoted toward trying to begin construction of the next new bomb plant. Uh, it's called the Uranium Processing Facility. It's supposed to be in Oak Ridge at the Y-12 plant. It's to replace the old Manhattan Project buildings. And the the mission of the the UPF, as we call it, is to produce thermonuclear secondaries. The very the core of of an H bomb, the part that is the huge explosion, is is the secondary, mm. um, and that's what they make at Y twelve. They've made every one for every U.S. nuclear weapon uh, since we started building H bombs. Mm. So is that their main? Um, yes, it project is. that they've got going. Right, and, and they'll, I mean, they say, oh, we also um, dismantle nu- nuclear weapons. Uh, they spend pennies to dismantle. They spend billions to build mm. nuclear weapons. So mm. um, Y-12 does a few other things. They process uh, uranium from retired nuclear weapons so that it can be stored safely. And they also um, prepare highly enriched uranium so it can be used as fuel in a in our Navy reactors. Our our, our uh, aircraft carriers and submarines are all nuclear powered and in order to have a in order to reduce the size of the reactor they use highly enriched uranium. Even I, my understanding is it's even more highly enriched than nuclear weapons material. Wow. That was Ralph Hutchinson explaining what the Y twelve nuclear weapons facility in East Tennessee does. I'm AC, and you're listening to The Radioactive Show, produced on the unceded lands of the Rwandri people of the Kulin Nations at 3CR Community Radio Station in Nam, also known as Melbourne. Our show is distributed nationally through the Community Radio Network. Next up in this interview with Ralph, K.A. asks what his organisation, Arepa, has planned for the future. From the beginning, our motto has been every tool in the toolbox within the constraints of nonviolence because we've always been a nonviolent organization. Mm. So we do public meetings, public hearings. Um, we write letters to the editor. We 
we meet with federal officials, we meet with our elected officials, um, we do a lot of public education, uh, and then we also do demonstrations in the street when it's called for, mm. um, to raise awareness and to protest. Uh, and you've just been to the United Nations? Yeah, um, I went up there as part of the Alliance for Nuclear Accountability uh, group to do a panel discussion there. You know, the United Nations just launched the uh, conference to ban nuclear weapons, establish a legal prohibition on nuclear weapons. And the United States, uh, in, in a really blatant effort to try to undermine the conference, at the same time the conference was opening inside the UN, uh, our ambassador to the United Nations was standing outside the UN uh, denouncing the conference. As uh, you know, she said, I'm a mother, I want my children to grow up in a world free of nuclear weapons, but we have to be realistic. Um, so, uh, so our job there as I, I was there with Jay Coughlin from Nuclear Watch New Mexico and Mary Leah Kelly from Tri-Valley Cares at Lawrence Livermore and um, Hans Christensen from the Federation of American Scientists and Matthew McKinsey of the Natural Resource Defense Council and Rick Wayman of the Nuclear Age Peace Foundation and we had a panel uh, to sort of do what our government wouldn't do, which is come clean about the U.S. nuclear weapons program, and we told them the stuff that was going on there. So we're doing activities like that, and um, in at some point in this early in this summer, we will do something that we haven't done before to try to stop the UPF, and that is we will we'll go to court uh, and file a lawsuit against the government for failing to uh, do a, a full, thorough environmental analysis on this bomb plant as our law requires them to do. Mm. Well, so that's a big big undertaking, that one. Yeah, it is. Well, the, the, um, the biggest part of the undertaking for us, since we're not the lawyers, is to raise the money to pay the lawyers. Yeah. And yeah. we're going to launch a, uh, a crowdfunding effort, uh, among other things. You can talk to our regular contributors and see if they have additional money to fund the lawsuit. And do some house parties and some of those kind of special events. Yeah. Um, but we'll also eventually launch a crowdfunding um, effort to raise the... Uh, we we expect it to be at least $75,000, so that's our goal. Well, that's yeah. a big job. And there's yourself and a few other people from the Arepa board going to Germany. Right. So, you know, one of the things that I think has really been helpful for us, we... we spend most of our time working in East Tennessee and for people who don't know East Tennessee is a very conservative kind of a place and the progressive community is small mm. you know the people who work with Arepa on nuclear weapons are also the people who are working on health care reform for the state of Tennessee and taxation reform and immigrants rights and you know it's yeah. the circle is small for yeah. us um, so it's been really helpful over the years to make connections with people in other places who are doing this work too, just to remind yourself that you're not alone. Mm. Um, in the United States, we do that with the Alliance for Nuclear Accountability, and I have colleagues at, at different the different sites that used to manufacture nuclear weapons and the labs that are still doing that, um, and I meet with them a couple times a year, and we have conference calls every month to talk about strategy and stuff. So that's really encouraging. Otherwise, we would feel pretty lonely here, you know, mm. and wonder what's the use if... Uh, if no one even knows you're doing this. Sure, sure. Uh, then, so last, so, uh, you know, over the years, we, through Footprints for Peace and also the Buddhist order Nipponsen Miyahoji, 
we've met people from around the world who have come to be here in Oak Ridge, and sometimes we've been able to go and join, like we went on a peace walk to India um, a while back. Um, but the connections that we've made with Australia and the nuclear, the anti-nuclear movement there, mm. repeatedly, mm. folks, you all folks from down under have come, mm-hmm. uh, what is it, up on top or something? <laughs> up over? Up yeah. over? Well, we like to think we're on top, but yeah, I'm sure you do. (laughs) That was Ralph Hutchinson, coordinator of the Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance from Tennessee, talking about the role of international solidarity. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, produced at 3CR in Fitzroy, Melbourne. There's a strong and ongoing connection between the Australian Nuclear Free Activists Movement and OREPA, and Ralph and Ka discuss the importance of these links next. How long ago did... You guys come over here first was probably 15 or at yeah, least 15, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then uh, walking from, from the Y-12 facility in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, all the way to the United Nations, and we've had been able to participate some in some of the walks and, and join up again in New York City. Um, but that is really, I mean, I think this is crucially important for for us in Tennessee to recognize this is a global movement mm. um, and uh, that not only that we're not alone, but that we have energy and power that's beyond what we see from day to day and realize. Mm. Uh, so, you know, when you, you all in Australia do the walkabout, the walk at your walkabout, mm. um, I'm paying attention to that. I'm seeing the posts and I'm watching those mm. things. Mm. And, um, you know, my spirit and the energy that I can send down there, I send. Uh, um, and I know the same thing happens when we're doing events up here, that people in other parts of the world are thinking about us and wishing they could be here, and we wish they could be here too. Mm. Um, but that doesn't... Uh, it's nice in social media that we can share pictures and stuff right away and actually feel like you are sort of there. Yeah, I think it's critically important for us to build this global movement. So last fall... John LaForge from Nuquatch in Wisconsin called and said, oh, this woman's coming over from Germany to talk about the B-61 warhead, and she wants to come to Oak Ridge where they're doing the refurbishment of the B-61 warhead and talk with you all. He said, oh, yeah, we, we ought to do that. So Marion Kutker came and did a presentation here and showed some slides, and we had a nice evening with her, and then the next day the president of my board took her out and showed her around Oak Ridge some on the way back to Nashville to the airport. And a couple of months later, I got a email, another email from John LaForge, that guy, man, um, saying, don't you want to get out of the country for a while? Because over in Germany at the Buchel Air Base, where the United States uh, deploys the B-61 warhead, uh, they, they are doing six weeks of action, um, resistance action there. Mm. And the uh, second full week in July, the 12th through the 18th, is the International Week. And on the 16th of July, they hope to have an International Day of Action. So we're taking a delegation of people from the United States over uh, who that John has herded together. And several Arepa people are going to plan to go over there. Bought my tickets Great. Uh, yesterday, I guess. Um, so that's really exciting mm. To, mm. to connect over there. Um, I mean, I guess part of what I have to say is to explain Y-12's role in the, the latest life extension of the B-61 
bomb is actually going to modify it dramatically and make it into a new weapon mm. with a, a tail. It's going to be a guided bomb. Wow. Um, the first, you know, the first time we've ever had this kind of a weapon in the U.S. nuclear yeah. arsenal. What do you mean by guided? Um, meaning they will be because it will have a tail fin. This new tail fin that's being designed, it'll, it costs about a billion dollars for um, the, well, more than a billion dollars for the guided tail fin um, kit. And uh, it means that once the bomb is dropped, it doesn't just fall straight down as a gravity bomb. They'll be able to control its descent wow. to some degree. Mm. Uh, they'll be able to control the height at which it explodes. Um, and Overall, it increases the accuracy of the warhead and um, and provides them with more options for how destructive it is. Uh, up to Hans Christensen has estimated that it's up to 125% more destructive than it was before. Um, so it's a it's a really hideous thing. Mm, it's frightening. You know, our government doesn't. Our government claims this is not a new weapon. It's just a modification of an old weapon. Yeah. Um, so when I go over there, they want me to talk about what Y-12 does as part of the B-61 uh, modification stuff. But I guess I'll also have to take a note of apology. Um, Germany is one of the countries that their parliament has voted to have the B-61 removed from the country. Yep. Um, but it's there under the auspices of NATO, mm. and there in four other countries in Europe uh, that have the B-61 and until the countries, the other countries in NATO, especially the Eastern European ones, agree, uh, apparently the United States is going to force these countries to keep the nuclear weapons on their bases. And they're not always completely secure. You know, mm. uh, um, maybe six or eight months ago when there was the attempted coup in Turkey, yeah. um, the uh, Incirlik air base was uh, shut down for three days by the rebels and Incirlik is one of the places that has B-61 nuclear weapons stored there um, and uh, about 40 weapons and we were told in this country um, at that at the time because because the, the shutdown the power was shut off to the facility and uh, people couldn't get in or out Wow! so whoever was in was in and whoever you know, the shift change or the next the commanding officers or whatever couldn't get in. Yeah. We were told that it wasn't really dangerous because there weren't any U.S. jets there that could deliver those warheads. So uh, it wasn't until Marion Cooper came over and showed pictures and pointed out that there were four German tornado jets which are equipped to carry the B-61 mm. at Air Insulik Air Base. And there were pilots, German pilots, trained to fly them. Um, so it wasn't all the, uh, that was a close call, but nothing, nothing to worry about here, folks. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. It actually was, uh, terribly dangerous, Mm, mm, mm. you know, and under certain conditions, um, if the rebels had wanted to, possibly they could have compelled a pilot to take off with a nuclear weapon. Wow. Um, But, you know, short of that, to be able to steal a nuclear weapon, you know, if they had put one in a truck and driven it away, mm. uh, even to sell it to someone. Mm, mm. Um, so so it, it matters. Mm. You know, it's not just that we have, just happened to have parked a few nuclear weapons somewhere where they're gathering dust. Um, these are actually 
deployed weapons mm, that are mm. threatening our existence. Mm, mm, no, mm. And that ends our interview with Ralph Hutchinson, coordinator for the Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance in Tennessee. I got in touch with Ralph to for ask for an update on his trip to Germany, which he mentioned in the interview, and found out that he's actually over here right now. I wasn't able to get hold of him on the phone, but he sent an email about the very successful direct action campaign at Buchdahl Air Base in Germany he's taking part in. The campaign is in protest of the deployment of USB-61 thermonuclear bombs at the base and lasts until August 9th. Actions so far have included entering the base and occupying it unnoticed for over two hours and the blockading of base gates. He also mentioned that the crowdfunder for the legal challenge to nuclear weapons in the US raised $30,000 and they are continuing to work to reach their $75,000 target. You can donate to their legal case through the AREPA site www.orepa.org That's www.orep.org Looking forward to hearing more from Ralph and their OREPA in the future. Many thanks to KA for interviewing Ralph and we at the Radioactive Show are all looking forward to bringing you more interviews that KA collected on her recent visit to the US. Before we go, I wanted to catch up with Jim Green, nuclear-free campaigner for Friends of the Earth, because he's got some good news about the current downturn of the international nuclear industry. Well, there's lots of good news from our point of view and lots of catastrophic news for the nuclear industry. I think it's one of the industry's worst ever years in its history. And I'll just briefly touch on some of the the biggest disasters for the industry. The most dramatic one was that Westinghouse, which is one of the most experienced and biggest nuclear companies in the world, filed for bankruptcy protection earlier this year in the United States. And uh, Westinghouse's parent company, Toshiba, is also struggling to survive. And both of those companies have been brought to their knees by catastrophic cost overruns building four uh, nuclear power reactors in the U.S. And the overruns for those four reactors amount to about 13 billion U.S. dollars. Um. In France, the industry is reducing, uh, the country is reducing its reliance on nuclear power. And once again, the biggest problem there has been catastrophic cost overruns building new reactors. And those overruns amount to about 14.5 billion US dollars uh, building two reactors. And in Japan, they're operating five reactors now, whereas they were operating uh, 54 before the Fukushima disaster. And the latest estimate to deal with uh, the Fukushima catastrophe is 191 billion US dollars for compensation and cleanup costs. And in India, they've abandoned plans to, uh, for overseas companies to build 12 reactors. Uh, and it, nuclear power accounts for just 3.4% of, of electricity supply in India. And South Africa, that was one of the countries the industry was hoping would embark on a, a large nuclear program, but that was uh, pulled up by a High Court judgment on April 26, which ruled that most of this nuclear new build program is without legal foundation, so they've had to go back to scratch and when President Jacob Zuma is removed from office, which could be sooner rather than later, that nuclear program will probably be abandoned altogether. Another really important story for the industry this year is that South Korea is 
going backwards on its nuclear program, uh, mainly because of the election of President Moon Jae-in uh, in March, and he has decided to uh, abandon plans for new reactors and to gradually close the existing fleet of new reactors. In Taiwan, the government has reiterated the plan to abandon nuclear power by 2025. In the UK, it looks likely that all plans for nuclear power reactors will be abandoned apart from the Hinkley Point C project, and that Hinkley Point project is also under tremendous pressure to be cancelled. Uh, Switzerland had a referendum on May 21, and they've uh, decided to abandon nuclear power. Uh, Germany is going to close its last nuclear reactor in 2022. Sweden is slowly abandoning its nuclear power program. Russia is slowing down its nuclear program. So what, what does all this mean for the Australian uranium industry? Well, it's catastroph- catastrophic for the Australian uranium industry. And there are the, only the two mines which are actually mining uranium in, in Australia. Now that's uh, Roxby Downs and Beverly Four Mile, both in South Australia. And then in the top end of the Northern Territory, you've got Ranger where they've stopped mining, but they're still processing ore and still exporting some, some uranium oxide. Uh, but as I say, it's catastrophic. And one illustration of that is that the Australian uranium mining company called Paladin Energy has recently gone into administration. It was mining uranium in Africa, but one of those mines in Africa was put into care and maintenance in, in 2014, and the company simply can't cover its debts, so it's had to be put into administration. So do you think we're seeing the uh, death throes of the nuclear industry? Well, I hope so, but if that happens, it's going to play out over decades. I think the best way to describe it is that the industry is definitely downsizing, both the nuclear power industry and the uranium mining industry. They're, they're downsizing, and any hopes of a, of, of a nuclear power renaissance have been quashed. That was Jim Green from Ace Nuclear Free Collective at Friends of the Earth. Earlier in the show, you heard an interview with Ralph Hutchinson from the Oak Ridge Environmental Peace Alliance, or OREPA, in Tennessee. This show was recorded at 3CR Community Radio Station in what is now known as Fitzroy, Melbourne, but which is still the traditional land to the Rwandri people of the Kulin Nations, and we acknowledge that their sovereignty has never been ceded. You can contact the Radioactive Show on our email, radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com and that's three the number so radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com or look up our Facebook under the name The Radioactive Show. Past episodes are available on the 3CR website. Go to www.3cr.org.au backslash radioactive and again that's three the digit. Many thanks to the ACE Nuclear Free Collective for their support in bringing you this show. We'll finish off with an interesting new track from Combat Wombat, who have just released a new album, Just Across the Border. The name of the track is Outroduction. Check out the full album at combatwombat.com.au. Thanks for listening, and here's to a nuclear-free future.
Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We rely on the financial support of listeners like yourself to keep going. If you'd like to support diverse voices on your radio, go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.